0: I don't know about you, but I really like when I can make decisions for myself and people are not telling me what to do. And guess what? The same is true for our students. Our students like being in control. They like making decisions that impact their day. Today, I'm chatting with BCBA Margaret Hattaberg, all about controlled choice, about how you can incorporate this into your household, into your classroom easily with a really great impact. This is an awesome antecedent intervention that can really help prevent problem behaviors before they even start. So let's talk choice. Hi, Margaret. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, thank you for having me. So today we're going to be talking about choice and specifically this idea of controlled choice. So, Margaret, can you speak a little bit to what that means?
1: Yeah, I think that, um, you know, in ABA, we talk a lot about antecedents and behaviors and consequences. And so the controlled choice is just a great antecedent strategy, Um, something simple and easy that can make a kind of a big difference in the outcome.
0: And why can choice make a difference in the outcome? Like, how can something, yeah, that seems so simple really have that big of an impact?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's important because um, with the kids that you're working with, it kind of gives them um, like ownership over the task that they're doing um, and kind of gives the, them um, a pro- or like a voice in the process. Because sometimes the task that you're trying to do isn't always something that they necessarily prefer to do. But if you give them kind of a choice over some aspect of it, then um, a child might be kind of more willing to to engage with it.
0: Yeah. Can you share some examples of some ways that we can incorporate choice into our school day or our clinical sessions?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I think that there's, um, you, you can really <laughs> kind of incorporate it into um, a lot of different aspects um, in a classroom, for example, if you're, um, giving a child, like, some time to work on an assignment, um, giving them the choice between, like, sitting at a table and doing it or sitting on the carpet and doing it, um, is an easy way to bring a choice in. Um, if you're, if you're completing work where, the order of the different tasks aren't really important, um, then that's an easy way to to fill that in. Um, you know, do you want to um work on work on this puzzle first or do you want to do this worksheet first? Um, so that's a that's an easy kind of an easy place to put it in as well.
0: And I think so often, you know, we're we're sometimes our own worst enemy. Like we decide that well, we always have to do puzzles in front, instead of worksheets in that order. we have to do puzzles and
1: worksheets and and really, it it doesn't matter as long as the work's getting done, right. yeah, and i um I've seen seen the importance of this um even a, a lot more recently. I have um, a two year old daughter who has become very opinionated about a lot of things recently. Um, so like getting dressed, for example um you know the overall outcome is that she goes to um daycare wearing something but you know <laughs> if she's wearing a dress versus a shirt that doesn't really matter um but but letting her choose and giving her opportunity to to kind of have that control in that space um just allows it to go a lot smoother <laughs>
0: Oh, yes. I am very familiar with the before daycare two-year-old tantrum, specifically (laughs) related to clothing. So (laughs) Yes. And, you know, I, I say that, like I just said a few minutes ago, like, oh, it doesn't matter, whatever. And I sometimes am guilty of not following my own advice. Like, I'm getting in a fight with my kids, like, you should wear this outfit instead of this. And my husband's always like, who cares? Like, they're wearing clothes. So I think, you know, it's a good reminder for ourselves.
1: Yeah. Our our current um battle typically um or, or right now seems to revolve around shoes. Um so right now there's only two pairs of shoes um downstairs so she can choose which one <laughs> which one she wants to wear. And you know, at the end of the day it doesn't really matter which shoes she wears just as long as we're getting out of the house in in one pair. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, that's a great point. So are too many choices maybe a bad thing? How many choices do you think is optimal for kids? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
1: Ba da ba ba ba. I mean, I think starting out with um, with giving a, a child two different choices, especially um, kind of going back to like a um, a classroom scenario. If if a child. Um, is having a hard time making a choice then um sometimes it's easier to start with with just two options i've um i've worked with kiddos in the past that um kind of do well giving been or like being told the direction like do you want a choice between this or this but um but also you could make um a visual of, of something too i um i know i've worked with a kiddo that snack time always seemed to kind of be a challenge with with him picking out what to eat. So we had created um, a board with all of his favorite snacks on there. So instead of um, when that time comes up, just saying, hey, buddy, what do you want for snack? You can kind of give him a board and say, um, okay, do you want pretzels or a banana? Um, so starting that way um, and then kind of building up to more to more choices from there.
0: Yeah. And that's a good point. So, you know, make sure obviously that, you know, the mode that you're asking that question and giving that choice is understandable to that child. And, you know, pictures work, photos work, board maker, clip art, but even just like, I always stand by like just having the two things out, right. Like with your Mm -hmm. daughter, like you want the brown shoes or the black shoes here, they are right here. Definitely.
1: Yeah. And seeing, um, kind of seeing that visual um too is important because um, especially if you're working with someone that's still kind of working on communicating, you want to be able to offer that choice um, right away. So especially if you have the actual objects in front of you um, so that you can reinforce that <laughs> making a choice right away.
0: Yeah. And talk to me how this could be helpful for escape maintained behaviors, you know, behaviors that are too, escape or avoid work, how could this antecedent intervention be helpful at, you know, not really evoking that escape response any longer?
1: Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I, I, whenever I'm training staff, I always, um, kind of talk to them about this specifically, um, to, to think about the different, um, things that you might ask somebody that, that would typically like trigger, um, a problem behavior. Um, and then again, kind of giving the choice back to them. So, um, just with, with kiddos I've worked with, um, oftentimes transitioning away from like recess or a train or, um, like a sensory gym scenario is, is often non-preferred. So asking a child if they want to, um, like run back to the classroom or jump back to the classroom, um, kind of puts the control back into, um, you know, back to them or, um, I mean, presenting some kind of like um, alternative activities that aren't like as fun, but um, but are still more preferred than than going right away and doing some kind of work or something.
0: Yeah. And I mean, really, at the end of the day, I think everyone just wants to have a little control. Like, and that's okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's Definitely. A nice, and it's a nice way to, you know be able to give our kids who who often maybe don't have that much autonomy over their own life, let them make decisions for themselves and start to develop that level of independence and kind of autonomy.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it really kind of lays the foundation for for kind of like problem solving skills and and really thinking about what, um, like what you you want to do. I mean, exactly like what you said, a lot of the kids that we work with don't have a lot of control over Over um, things that happen, so so even though giving them um, you know a choice between Cheerios and pretzels might seem minor, um, it it can you know make give them the motivation um, to actually kind of make the choice.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Margaret. Like I said, I think this is such a simple but impactful strategy that you know parents and your caregivers and teachers and staff could easily be working into their repertoire, no matter what they're doing. So thank you so much for chatting with us.
1: Yeah. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to the autism helper podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more hit subscribe, it would mean a lot to me. If you left some feedback, whether I'm working one-on-one with a student doing a podcast like this one or presenting for a PD, my goal is always to provide as much value as I can. So your feedback really helps me make sure I'm doing just that. If you have other topics you'd like me to cover, leave in the feedback or message me on social media. You can follow me at The Autism Helper on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Or visit my website, theautismhelper.com. Thanks again for listening.